If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio. It's Monday, August 29th, 2022. I'm Jackson Bird. Today, the Artemis 1 launch was scrubbed early this morning. Here's why the highly anticipated launch didn't get off the ground. Plus, rabies vaccines are raining down across the nation. And a new classic author version of Street Fighter. Here's some cool stuff for your ride home. Well, as you likely saw, the big Artemis 1 launch did not happen this morning as planned. The main issue was with the bleed process in Engine 3, but it was a bit of a confluence of issues that led to the final call to scrub the launch. Trepidation may have begun Saturday afternoon when two lightning strikes hit Towers 1 and 2 of the launch pad. NASA said all was well following the strikes, but the more superstitious among us might have felt that was a bad omen. There was more rain this morning and a lightning warning that delayed fueling by an hour, forcing launch controllers to then try to make up for lost time. And then they came to the engine issue. Here's how senior communications specialist Rachel Kraft described it on the official Artemis blog around 6.30 this morning, quote, While liquid oxygen loading into the interim cryogenic propulsion stage continues and core stage tanks continue to be replenished with propellants, engineers are troubleshooting an issue conditioning one of the RS-25 engines, engine 3, on the bottom of the core stage. Launch controllers condition the engines by increasing the pressure on the core stage tanks to bleed some of the cryogenic propellant to the engines to get them to the proper temperature range to start them. Engine 3 is not properly being conditioned through the bleed process and the engine are troubleshooting, end quote. Or as Mashable Space reporter Alicia Sowers tweeted in slightly more plain language, quote, the launch team conditions the engines by ramping up pressure on the core stage tanks. This bleeds some of the fuel to the engines to get them to the right temperature to start, but one of them isn't behaving. End quote. On the Artemis blog, Kraft also mentioned a possible crack in the thermal protection system material on one of the flanges on the core stage, which led to many Phoebe Buffay jokes from the press and science communicators on the ground, who by 7 or 8 a.m. had been awake for many, many hours and approaching a slap-happy state in their live reports as they awaited news from the launch team. And finally, at around 8.35 a.m. Eastern, the team officially announced the launch had had been scrubbed for the day. The next launch windows had already been scheduled for Friday the 2nd and Monday the 5th. Now, the engine conditioning issue was something that NASA knew was a risk because this was the first time that they were demonstrating it, not having been able to test it during the last wet dress rehearsal. And even without these couple of problems that the team decided would be safer to take more time to assess, the weather was still not cooperating. Speaking to press during an update this afternoon, mission manager Mike Serafin said that precipitation would have prohibited launching at the start of the launch window this morning, and lightning would have prohibited it towards the end of the launch window. 
So there were just a myriad of reasons why today's launch didn't happen. Serafin says the teams will be taking some time to rest today and then will further assess the issues tomorrow. After getting a chance to fully diagnose the problems and come up with the plan, NASA will be able to decide on their next launch attempt date. For now, they have not announced whether it will be Friday, Monday, or much later. After Monday, the next launch window, based on lunar stages as well as operational constraints, would not be until October. Serafin said we were getting ahead of ourselves when asked if the rocket will need to be rolled back to the vehicle assembly building, an extraordinary effort that would take upwards of eight hours and a ton of money and further delay operations possibly by weeks. For now, he says they will try to resolve operationally on the launch pad, and if they can do that within 48 hours or so, we could be go for launch on Friday. NASA is not making any promises one way or another, but until the teams have a chance to further assess tomorrow, Friday is still in play, Seraphin said. No doubt many questions remain, but for now, we just wait. NASA will hold another press conference tomorrow evening, where we will hopefully find out much more. Rabies vaccines are no joke. Given in a whopping four doses over just two weeks, plus a bonus rabies immunoglobulin injection to kick you off, I've heard they are fairly painful to boot. A friend of mine opted for the Johnson & Johnson COVID-19 vaccine back during the initial rollout, thinking that he'd get the one shot and be done with it. And then a few days later, he got bit by a dog and had to go in for the five rabies shots. Rotten luck. Rabies vaccines aren't just given after exposure from a bite, though. They can also be given before exposure if you live in an area or work a job in which you are at high risk. That regimen is a little better, three doses over a month's period. Rabies vaccines also aren't just for humans. Many local jurisdictions require pets, especially dogs, to be vaccinated, and vaccination campaigns for wildlife have been running in various forms since at least the 1970s. These typically consist of leaving out some kind of oral vaccine in a bait for wildlife to happen across. The latest one in the U.S. is a pellet-shaped oral vaccine being dropped by the millions from planes and helicopters across 13 states. Quoting the Associated Press, Raccoon rabies campaigns started in August in parts of northern Maine, western Pennsylvania, West Virginia, and southwestern Virginia. The 348,000 raboral VRG baits in Maine and 535,000 in the three other states are being dropped from planes in rural areas and from vehicles in urban and suburban areas. In all, about 3.75 million packets coated with a fish meal attractant or encased in a one-inch fish meal cube will be distributed in nine states, ending when 1.1 million are dropped in Alabama in October. The vaccine has been found safe for more than 60 kinds of animals, including domestic dogs and cats. Eating a large number of vaccine packets might give dogs an upset stomach, but wouldn't cause any permanent problem, the Animal and Plant Health Inspection Service says, end quote. The pellets come in a number of forms, but one version being spread around Twitter looks quite a bit like a ravioli, leading one Twitter user to dub them ravioli. Oh no, don't eat the raviolis if you see them, folks. 
The main goal of the campaign is to prevent raccoons from spreading the virus to states where it has yet to be found or is not yet widespread. The AP describes raccoons as the main rabies reservoir in 18 eastern coast states, with skunks making up 21 more states. Bats, however, are also a huge vector of the virus, and they are harder to vaccinate by dropping pellet baits because they mostly eat insects and fruit or drink nectar. And for that reason, some scientists are working on a fine mist or gel that could be applied during hibernation. No raviolis for them. A new game on Steam went a little viral last week when writer Riley Fox tweeted it out with a pretty hilarious and 100% real screenshot. It's called Write and Fight, and it's basically a Street Fighter parody using classic male writers as the fighters. You can make Ernest Hemingway duke it out with Leo Tolstoy, William Shakespeare, James Joyce, Mark Twain, and more. It's pretty funny, and I do hold out hope for its future, but as it stands, there are currently three major problems. First, why is this game not called Street Writer? It was right there! You know, this seems to be a common reaction to the game. Write and Fight is a fine name, but come on, Street Writer. Anyways, the two real problems. First, It's apparently very buggy. As of recording, it has a mostly negative rating from reviews on Steam. And to their credit, the developers are being very responsive to reviewers and say that they are working on a patch. CBR says the game was originally supposed to launch in fall of 2021, so it's apparently been plagued with a lot of issues from the start. Quoting from CBR, The game also launched in a completely broken state, a problem the game's developer states was caused by the game being incorrectly packaged when it was uploaded to Steam rather than an issue with the actual code. This poor packaging caused severe and game-breaking bugs, often crashing the game outright before players had gotten a chance to even start up a fight. End quote. The second major problem is that right now the entire roster is men, mostly all white men, which is disappointing enough for a game about classic authors, but especially when the game description describes the lineup as the greatest writers of all time. I guess Jane Austen, Mary Shelley, and Phyllis Wheatley just aren't cut out for street fighting. Quoting the Mary Sue, The game consists entirely of male writers, almost all of whom are white. Do people really still think this is what the literary canon looks like? Today, in the year 2022 of the Common Era? If I want to watch Murasaki Shikibu duke it out with Emily Dickinson, am I just really out of luck? Maybe the developers didn't really think this concept through. Or maybe... They're trying to tell us something. Maybe what we think is the white male literary canon has always been nothing more than a cover for a giant fight club. Maybe the revenue from their writing has only ever served to finance their fight venues and post-bout medical care. Maybe all those historical salons and gatherings we've heard about were just basement brawls, end quote. And honestly, that feels pretty true especially for Hemingway. And one interesting ripple that might show the developers are trying to diversify and or shows they're kind of failing at it is that one of the trailers for the game showed a character whose name was listed as Latin American author, like just placeholder text instead of a real name like all the other characters had. In any case, it's still a pretty fun concept and it seems like the developers are taking critiques seriously, so it might get even better in the weeks and months to come, but if you check it out now, just beware of bugs. 
This Saturday, September 3rd, is National Cinema Day. And to celebrate, the Cinema Foundation is offering $3 movie tickets for any movie at all showtimes that day and in any format. So if you've been waiting to see one of the summer's blockbusters, or maybe you're interested in that Spider-Man Far From Home more fun stuff re-release, but not interested enough to pay upwards of $15 for it, this Saturday is your chance. You could even see it in IMAX for just three bucks. I double-checked across major theater chains in a few different markets, and you really can see just about any movie for $3 on Saturday. Some theaters have more offerings than others, but that seems to be reflective of current lineups, not what qualifies for the deal. According to Collider, it's up to the distributors, A24, Sony, Disney, Lionsgate, etc., whether their movie is participating, not up to the individual cinemas, and most of the major distributors have signed on. Collider also speculates this is a strategic move to boost ticket sales after a disappointing weekend gross last week, just $54 million across all movies. In any case, pretty cool deal to take advantage of if you're comfortable going to movie theaters, especially knowing that this deal combined with the holiday weekend will likely lead to some pretty packed theaters. But if you do go, check your local theater's social media accounts before you go. AMC Theaters, for example, is offering a $5 popcorn and soda combo on top of the $3 tickets. That's a savings of about $26 to $33 bucks here in New York, depending if you go for IMAX or not. So, dang. In other movie news, one flick that you won't be able to catch quite yet this weekend is the upcoming Weird Al biopic, starring Dan Radcliffe in the titular role. I mentioned this movie when the first teaser trailer dropped a while back, and at the time, most of the information we were able to glean from the teaser was that Radcliffe inexplicably had rock-solid abs in his portrayal. Now that the full-length trailer is out, we know why. In a move so brilliant that it's kind of completely obvious, Weird, the Al Yankovic story, will be less actual biography and more parody of every other musician biopic out there. I mean, really, I should have seen this coming. In the trailer, we see a number of plot lines that run counter to Yankovic's teetotaler lifestyle, clearly riffing on the sex, drugs, and rock and roll vibes of most other musicians' biopics. It's kind of like a walk-hard style. And I gotta say, this format has taken this movie from something that I thought looked kind of funny and which I would go see as both a fan of Weird Al and Daniel Radcliffe, and turned it into a pretty smart film that I think a lot of people will enjoy even if they aren't Weird Al fans. The movie will be streaming for free on Roku on November 4th, which, you know, I didn't even realize Roku was putting out originals until this movie came around, and I do hope it gets at least a limited theatrical release somewhere, because I agree with what folks on Twitter are saying. Based on the trailer, it would be unironically awesome if Radcliffe got an Oscar for this. I mean, John C. Riley got Golden Globe nominations for Walk Hard, so it could happen. But that's going to be it from me for today. This show was produced by Ride Home Media. I'm Jackson Bird, and I will talk to you again tomorrow.